Behind every success story, there is a long line of triumphs and defeats that remain hidden from others. These stories get condensed into journeys that minimize the struggle and wrap up with a happy ending. But we know that's not how life works. That's where From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay comes in. On today's show, you'll hear honest conversations about the challenges that Mark's guest faced and how they overcame adversity. Now, here is your host, Mark Azoulay. Welcome to From the Ashes. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and I'm sitting here with Leslie, who her story, your story has blown me away. <laughs> she, she has a story of healing from a spinal injury and a brain injury through, well, she'll tell it better than I can, but through like a spiritual download that gave her the tools required to bring life back to her body. It is a powerful, powerful story. And she's here to share what that process was like for her and what her mission is now, which is to spread some of these teachings um, to people that she works with. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really powerful episode to hear. When you were telling me some of the details of what that injury was, I was just, my jaw was on the floor. My jaw was on the <laughs> floor. It's a really powerful thing. So I'm going to hand it over to you. How about you kick it off? What is your From the Ashes story? What are you bringing to our listeners today? All right. So so here's my life in a nutshell. And I'm going to give you a little, like, little, little prologue so that it all makes sense. Okay. So after a lifetime of trauma, uh, being physically, sexually, psychologically, and emotionally abused, being bullied, gang raped, stalked, and assaulted all before the age of 25, I had become a very wounded adult without really understanding that. And I chose not to look back and investigate any of it. You know, instead, I thought I was the superwoman in some way for powering my way through and making it through what in a way that I thought I was unscathed. Now we jumped to 25 years later and I'm married with two children and I'm in pain everywhere, but no doctors could find the pain. So I began to drink alcohol to relieve my pain. I became addicted and I quickly began the first downward spiral of my life where I lost my marriage, my career, my home, my car, and worst of all, the custody of my children. So. I'm in a horrific place. I treat my disease. I go to a spiritual recovery place for five months. I get my life back together. I think all is well. I'm in a new relationship now. I'm, I'm in another life now. I've created a whole new life for myself. And um, suddenly, I'm, my body begins to break down. And I needed three surgeries in less than three years. And I was diagnosed with something called cervical spondylotic myelopathy, which is a spinal disease that causes complete paralysis. And I had some, uh, some paralysis at the time. So I had neurosurgery and I ended up that one in a thousand poor outcome you never think will be you. And I end up with a spinal injury and I'm told that it's a permanent spinal injury. And, you know, I am in shock because in just three months, I went from like being able to walk an hour a day to barely being able to walk two blocks. And when I did it, I was staggering like a drunk, like I had very little control of my body whatsoever. I could not pick up a cup of water and bring it to my mouth and drink it to save my life. The pieces of my body just simply, they were not working together. And I tell my partner at the time about what's happened, and I've got this, this diagnosis, and three months later, he leaves me for another woman. So now here I am, like already, right? Already, like I'm, I'm bedridden with 24-hour care. My partner leaves me. He was my primary caregiver and my financial provider at the time. I'm like not knowing how I'm going to make it through the next day of my life. And this extra stress causes a brain injury. Yes, we can have brain injuries simply by having horrific life-altering traumas really close together. That is how it works. And so now I've lost all sensation in my entire body. I had no indication that my head was attached to it. And to give you an idea of what that felt like for me, if you can imagine, I felt like my head was on a pole, like in a parade, and somebody else was holding the pole and waving it back and forth. And that 
of course, was me walking, but I had no idea that I had a body that was walking. If you can even imagine what that's like, I could feel nothing below my neck that told me that I was alive. No, I had no pain, no sensation. I could not feel gravity. I could not feel the ground under my feet when I took a step. I could not feel my own heart beating. I could not feel the rise and fall of my own breath. And my doctor then says to me, you are permanently disabled for life with no chance of recovery. Your life is over as I know it. And I'm sitting there with a friend of mine and I'm stunned. And I looked at him and I said, well, what do you mean? When is life going to be over as I know it? When is that going to happen? And he said to me, it's already happened. So like, just break for a minute there. Just imagine it already. And there I am sitting there and I can't even imagine what this means to me. There's something in us that keeps us, I think, from being able to truly grasp things that are just that terrorizing. Um, and I was living in terror. So I go home. I'm, I'm now, you know, he's telling me, just go home and rest. Here are all these medications. There's nothing you can do to help yourself. I knew I wanted to live, that that was the biggest thing for me, because I wanted to show my daughters that no matter what happened in life, we have the power to change our circumstances. And I wanted to learn a new model for a living that I could teach them than what I had learned from what I saw as a child, because I did not want them to end up in the same hell that I had found myself in at age 54. And I had no idea what I needed to discover and learn. I just knew I had to succeed in doing it for them. So I realized I have to create my life all over again. And my first thought is I can't do it. I'll never be able to do it. I can barely get out of bed. And then my second thought was, wait a minute, I did this once already. And if I did it once, I can do it again somehow. So um, I had a really good meditation practice before all of this started. And that was my safe place. I, I could meditate and it was my escape from my reality. And I had been a childhood uh, creative athlete and I was a dancer. So I would like meditate and I would see myself on stage dancing. You know, I'd see my body doing the most amazing things that it used to be able to do. And that for me was, was my resting place. It, it was my escape from my reality, as I said, because my reality was absolutely just too painful to, to, to even think about. Um, and in one of these minutes, so I would meditate for hours and hours, all the hours that I could, I could use no electronics, there was no TV, there was no, I had only silence. So I would meditate in all the hours I had where I wasn't in therapy, where I wasn't, you know, seeing doctors or nurses or people were social workers or what, you know, all the people that had come to me to try to help me pull my life back together. And in one of these particular medication meditations, I'm watching myself on stage dancing and and I notice that I'm saying to myself, I am not my body. I am not my brain. And I notice that I'm questioning, you know, if I know I'm not my body and I know I'm not my brain, then what, what am I? What is this? Who is this even talking right now that's saying these words to me? And in that moment, I had an experience that to me would have been unimaginable had it not happened to me. And it felt like someone actually carved a circle in the top of my skull and opened it up and a pillar of light shot through my body all the way down to my toes like a sword and it held me there like i was couldn't move and i didn't want to move because i was filled with the most exquisite pleasurable sensations that i have ever felt in my life and i just sat there feeling and I had this thought, well, if this is what I am, I don't need my brain and I don't need my body because this is so much better than life itself, then I'm okay as long as I can have this. And um, I never wanted that to end. In that moment, I felt, I felt like something was nourishing me. I felt aligned, right? This pillar had come down me like into like my spinal cord. And I felt so aligned. I felt focused. And I knew I wasn't alone. I knew I wasn't alone. This inner knowing illuminated for me. And I felt this tremendous love and support and connection. And I knew that I was being witnessed. And I felt capable. And, you know, as if some inner coding in my body had been turned on that I wasn't aware of before. And I thought, 
again, you know, if this is what I can have, then I don't need the other things that I thought I wanted. I don't need to be able to move. <laughs> I don't need to be able to speak. I could just live like this as long as I can help somebody else. That was my first thought. And after that, everything in my life began to change very quickly. It seemed that whatever I needed and desired in my thoughts started showing up for me serendipitously in real life, right before my eyes, like in my lap. Um, and as I watched this happening, I could not discount that I was being guided as if something greater than myself was in the wings orchestrating every next experience I was to have. And I began to live, you know, as these, these experiences started happening, I began to live completely trusting this process I was not controlling, but was a part of. And I just began to watch my life unfold with no expectation. And I had these two aha moments, right? The first one I talked about, I just really wanted to help someone else. And the second was, life is about enjoying every moment of it even if the experience you're having is something horrifying to you. We are put on this earth to feel joy every day. And if I can tell you one thing, don't ever let anyone or anything steal that joy from you because that joy is what led me to my healing. It's really important. And although I was being, what I was being given to do was really hard, I began approaching every hurdle with this joy and this just radical acceptance. This is what I have to do. Like, I wasn't going to let myself go into, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. I, it's so hard. No, this is what I have to do. I only accepted one outcome, and that outcome was that I was going to heal. That was it. After this experience, it was clear to me that my body was going to heal itself as long as I could get my, my, my thinking mind out of the way. So the first thing I had to do, I knew, was I went to my doctors and against medical advice, I said, I need you to take me off these 12 medications because I was on so many medications and my brain felt like a sponge and I was really having a hard time thinking. And I knew I needed to be able to think um, in order to heal, but think in a specific way. And I can get to that later. Um, and I really knew that I needed to help someone else. So I'm weaning off the medication. I'm in bed 24 hours a day. I could get up for um, just a few hours. And a friend of mine calls and she says, can you help me help a friend of mine with cancer? And I say, yes, she's in hospice. I can go lay in her bed as easily as mine. So I go and I lay in her bed. And for the next six months, I lay in her bed and I help her die. And I really could feel that, you know, this, I, if this is what I can do with myself. Fine. I'm happy with it. And, um, and at this point now, I'm in alternative medicine, and my alternative medicine practitioner invites me to a lecture that her, one of her teachers has given. His name is Dr. Gary Weber. He's an internationally renowned author and a pioneer in brain science, neuroscience, quantum physics, and self-inquiry. And I meet him, and I talk to him, and he says he wants to mentor me in my healing, and I accept. And um, so, got it. And so... You know, I'm just following my cravings. I'm doing everything that he's telling me to do. And the next thing that happens, I want to go to a concert. And, and at the end of the concert, I meet these two people. One is a meditation expert. One is has created something called the Inner Strength Foundation here in Philadelphia, which teaches uh, trauma-informed mindfulness as part of the curriculum in public school. And she's having a virtual training. I tell her I need help with my thoughts. She invites me to the training. Now I'm becoming certified to teach trauma-informed mindfulness from my bed. Um, I, I, I then meet this woman who is teaching us course in spiritual psychology that I can't afford. I write to her. I tell her my story. She gives me a scholarship, right? And all this is happening. And then people in my community started coming to me with all these diagnoses saying, wow, we know what you've done to yourself. Will you please help me? So I start helping them. And I really do help them. And I realize how much I love it. And I realize I want to make it a business. So I sign up for this business course. And in this business course, I meet a woman who connects me, Mark, to a friend of yours. And he does a podcast. He does it with me. He says he just loves my energy. And when I get my business going to call him back, and he'll connect me with a few people. And so two years later, I call him back, and he connects me to you. And here I am. And here you are. <laughs> and here I am. 
<laughs> walking, talking, dancing, singing, all the things I couldn't do just five years ago. <laughs> right. And exactly. People heal. You're here, you're moving, you're starting a business, you're talking to people, you're able to share these gifts. It's an incredible thing. I mean, it really is an awe-inspiring story. We have to start moving to our commercial break now, but when I come back, I want to dig into a couple you know, aspects that stood out from that story for me, specifically around spirituality, um, around the download that you got, and just, just what it was like bringing yourself back to life. So if you're out there listening, if you're interested in those types of things, hang on. Um, we'll catch you on the other end of the commercial break. See you then. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit Mark dash azulay dot teachable dot com that's mark m a r c dash azulay a z o u l a y dot teachable dot com where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance the voice america empowerment channel will do just that whether it's personal growth building a better business or inspirational life stories make it a daily habit to tune into our programs from weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness you'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark-azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and we just heard a powerful, awe-inspiring story of a woman who... Went from, I mean, maybe the, the most rock bottom we've had so far on this show, being able to move, being unable to be coordinated, being unable, like losing like your, your relationship, right? Your children at some point. I mean, there's just, there's so much just ashes, right? I mean, there's just so much ashes in this story of how dark it got. And then having what I can only really describe as like a divine intervention that, brought back the light into your life. And that's the aspect of the story that I think truly does make it unique and makes it stand out from some other guests here. So I had a question for you around that experience of experiencing that pillar of light, you know, that sword, as you, as you described it, had you always been a spiritual person or was this your first experience with, uh, with a mystical realm? 
So no, I had not always been a spiritual person. And this is why I kind of started out with my whole alcoholism story, because to recover from that, I did it in a spiritual way uh, through Toltec shamanism. And um, that is when I became spiritual. That is when I started to understand a spiritual um, element in life that we can connect to. And, and, and I began to kind of strengthen my own muscle of spirituality. Uh, I had no idea how well that would serve me later, but that's where it came from. And so when I would, I was already kind of tapped in to spirituality from that. And from there, I became a yoga teacher and a Thai massage practitioner and a meditation teacher. So I continued to work those muscles of that spiritual side of myself. Um, and then I was just, I feel like the lucky recipient, you know, the lucky recipient of this awakening experience that, that encoded for me um, the ability to do something that was remarkable. And to me, before that moment, when I would have considered impossible, my doctor certainly considered impossible. Can you say a little bit about Toltec shamanism for our listeners? They may not be familiar with that way of practicing. Maybe a little bit of how you got introduced to that, um, what you learned from that, and maybe how they see the world, uh, what their kind of framework is. Uh, yeah. So um, I got to this place called The Ranch. That's what it was back then. I don't know that it's the same thing now. Uh, through the Karen Foundation where I had gone to treat my alcoholism, and they said, you know, you have so much trauma that you'll never stop drinking. If you don't deal with this trauma, you really need to go to an acute PTSD trauma recovery center. So why don't you try this one? And so, okay. So uh, I went and Toltec, uh, this place offered a um, Toltec methodology for living and thriving. And it, it all began with a man by the name of Miguel Ruiz. If you've heard of the four agreements, always do your best. Uh, don't make assumptions. Um, now you're putting me on the spot. Don't make assumptions. Um, be impeccable with your word. Right, be impeccable with your words and never gossip, right? Yeah. But that is just such the the very bare end of what Toltec shamanism and their methodology for living teaches. It really teaches a way of, of inner strength uh, and a way of being able to use your voice and, and a way of using somatic experience to recover, you know, so um, when you're angry, uh, you know, I was so angry after being raped and all of that that happened to me. So so one of the ways I got my anger out was there was like a five or six really strong men and I, I just would run into them and, and hit them 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 and, hit them and punch them and, you know, and back up and bump into them again. And they were just this wall of people until I had no strength left. Like that's, you know, you get your anger out and it, it, that's one of the things that we did. And you overcome fear um, by climbing up on a pole. They call it the pamper pole because it's a huge, uh, like a telephone pole that reaches above the trees. You get to the top of it, you stand on top of it and you have to jump off. And you really, you think you're going to pee in your pants. They call it the pamper pole. But like, so they teach you how to overcome, you know, your fear from the trauma that you experienced in these, in these really wild ways. And so it, that was how, and, and so the, from that, I just became such a richer, you know, I had this now really rich experience in myself of inner strength and, and direction. Yeah, that's wild. And it sounds like you integrated that, you know, moving forward. So how does how does the, the, that divine download fit in with that? How does that change? I guess the question I have, right, is like, I haven't had experience like that. I mean, I've had psychedelic experiences, but those are definitely not the same. I haven't had a divine experience like the one you're talking about. But I would imagine having that would change your entire perspective and view on you know, the world, uh, the universe, reality, I mean, everything. I mean, how can anything be the same no, after it, that? It's not. The, the, the one thing that that did for me, it removed all fear and replaced it with compassion and love. Um, and, and understanding and knowing that there is a force out there that's really supporting all of us, whether we recognize it or not, it's there. And for me to know it's there, I don't have to be afraid of what happens next, whatever it is. Because I know, I know that I will be able to come through it because I am tapped in. Something has, something came to me and said, you're tapped into me, just stay here. You know, so I make a practice every day of staying tapped in, you know, because I never want to lose the connection I now have. That is more important to me than life itself because it is life. It is the direction I want to take in life. 
And I, and I really believe that, you know, I, I told my dad when I was a little kid, dad, I was put on this earth, you know, to give a message to the world. And he thought I was a dreamer and crazy, but you know, I don't think so. I think that all these experiences happened to me for a, a reason and that my message is exactly this message that I'm giving you right now, you know, that, that we can, we can overcome and heal so much that nobody is destined, you know, to be in a place that they don't want to be. We all have so much power and let me, let me show you how I got my so that you can, you know, attach yourself to yours. You know, this to me is my message. And I really, my whole life purpose now is simply sharing what I know and the passion for what happened to me so that I can bring others to the place where I am. Yeah, I think that's very inspiring. And I get curious of, yeah, just if I'm putting myself in your place, right? When you, you got these injuries, you can't coordinate, you can barely move, right? You said you couldn't hold a glass in front of your face. <laughs> Where did that kick of motivation come from? Because I, I have to imagine, and this is maybe a little dark, but I have to imagine that there are people that are thinking about ending it, right? That don't think there's a purpose of living, that just succumb to the darkness, right? They get taken by that just, I mean, atrocity, really. Um, yeah. But your story is very different. And I, I get really interested in like, where did that moment, that threshold moment happen for you? I, in my darkest moment my i i the one thing i absolutely knew with certainty is that i wanted to live but i didn't want to live the way i was um and my determination came in because i was my children you know there's something called transgenerational trauma i had experienced so much and i knew that i had passed it on to them with all of the education that i had done and it was so important to me that I would have the opportunity to teach them a different way of being so that they didn't turn out like me. They were my motivation to create something for myself that, that uh, would, would be miraculous. I, I did it all for them. I did it all for them. And how are they, how are they doing now? What's your relationship like with them now that you've come out on the other side? Well, you know, one of my daughters tells me that out of all the adults that she knows in her life, I'm the one she respects the most. She she's, uh, can't believe what I've been able to accomplish. You know, they're they're wonderful. Uh, and But they are my children. And as much as I know, you know, they are my children. And I am mom. And they're in their 20s. And they don't really want to learn from me. But one of these days, they will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still mom. I'm, more, I'm mom more than some, some figure to them. <laughs> But but they do learn by osmosis, right? They spend time with me, and they love spending time with me, and I teach them so. And they're 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 doing great. They're doing, and they will continue to do great with me on their side, and with this other force that I know is on their side as well. Right, and just you. I mean, you don't need me to tell you this, but it's you being more present and more healthy and more conscious. Right, can be very just the modeling. Right, being able to be there for your children is huge, and it yeah, sounds like they really do feel that. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't want to be around me. That was very frightening for them to see their mother the way that I was. So it's taken a lot of time and repair. So um, luckily, we're all doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, because they went through the whole journey with you. They avoided a lot of it. They had to because I couldn't parent at all. They had to. They lived with my 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 ex husband. I really didn't see them for a long time. I couldn't I, I had lost my ability to even speak. So it was a really dark time. You got out of it. And where my mind goes next is you talked about some of these exercises that you did and how you, you know, started visualizing yourself dancing. Were there other things that you were doing to, you know, bring your neurons back online or get connection or stay stay sane? Maybe, right? Because you also said that you're just there, right? No electronics, no distraction, no nothing. It's just you and, and your body. So Gary Weber um, is my savior because he is the one that introduced me to the first step of healing, which is something we don't recognize in our culture very much, and that is touch. We have to touch. Um, it can be we touch ourselves. You know, I had no heartbeat, and I, I couldn't feel my own self um, breathe. And so he said, you need to find someone else who you can lie with, where you can put your ear to their chest and hear their heartbeat and feel the rise and fall of their chest and let your body be informed of what that feels like and kind of start growing a spark. It all starts with a spark. You know, it's, 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 it's a lot of conversation for a very short period of time that we have. But 
uh, it starts with touch and it, and it, and what ha- we have to do or what he taught me to do and what I did do and what it worked for me, uh, is reconnecting with sensation and, and allowing our thinking mind to step back and stop controlling things and following our sensations and our, you know, our cravings, like you're pregnant and giving the body exactly what it needs when it needs it. We have to prove to our bodies that they're safe with our own minds because we punish ourselves with our minds. And when we do that, our body turns the other direction. You know, it really does. And that's where illness and disease and and psychological illness comes in. So we, there's so much that goes into this type of recovery, but all of it, the moment I started, I started to feel so much better that whatever I was asked to do, I gladly did because it was taking me every day a, a further step away from the terror in which I was living. So did you find someone to lay with or did you listen to your own heartbeat? Yeah, I did. I mean, if you really want to know, I did. Um, I went to a male friend of mine and I said, you know, who do you think can go on this journey with me? My, 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 my teacher is telling me I need to find someone who will just, who will lay with me, who will let me fall asleep in, in their arms and be there when I wake up and um, help me feel safe. And we did. We found someone who had the time to do it and who was really emotionally intelligent. And this man um, was a big piece of my recovery in that way. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a vulnerable place to be. I mean, I can't even imagine just being uh, held, right? Held and just feeling the breath and feeling the heartbeat where you must have you said you're at rock bottom, right? You can barely even move and you have this person holding you. I, yeah, if I laid on my back, I couldn't turn on my side or anything. I mean, like this person had to move me to move me for me to move. Uh, yeah, I was I was twenty pounds less than I am now, and I was um, yeah. It was quite an experience. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful experience. Healing is a beautiful experience when we approach it in a way that's right for us. And how do you know what's right for you? I guess that's the big question, right? Because it is sens- different for everybody. Your sensations always tell you. Sensation, I'm so sorry about that, guys. Sensation never lies. Your, your sensations never lie. And when we allow our sensations, that's our inner intelligence, the inner know-how, right? the Deepak Chopra talks about. That's the language in which it speaks to us. And when we follow that, which is what I did, then we can create unimaginable change. We just have to, our thinking minds have to get out of the way. 95% of our brain is, is, is involved with this inner know-how. 5% of our brain is our thinking mind. Think about that. So when you give the other 95% of you a chance to, to lead the way and we let the mind get out of our way, that's when we reach unlimited possibility and unimaginable change. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. I work with a lot of people that struggle with anxiety or workaholicism or, you know, just a lot of neurosis, right? And once they get through all that, which can take years, they get to this place where it's like, oh, wow, now I have to learn how to listen. And there's a lot there for people. I think, you know, I was going to say particularly for men, but I think it's, I think everyone is emotional, but I think men were trained not to feel any of that or listen to any of that. So when that emotional world opens back up, there's a sense of like, oh my God, there's a floodgate of experiences, memories, associations that I didn't even know were down there. And for a lot of guys, it's uh, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying to start to listen to what's going on inside of them. It is. And traumatized people, they can't listen either. So we have to reconnect with all of that. And so many people are afraid to do it, but there's really nothing to be afraid of. That's where, that's where peace is. When we connect, that's where when we find our peace, our health, our ability to connect with people, our love, right? Absolutely. Find it all. It's in that subtle experience and in that slowing down. So we're going to continue the conversation when we come back from the commercial break. For those of you listening out there, if you want to hear more, you know, advice, some more techniques, some more exercises, um, ways that you can bring more of this experience into your life, if you want to learn from Leslie, uh, stay tuned. And if you want to contact her, you can reach out to the podcast. Our email is podcast at mark-asley.com. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have. If you want to have her back for another show, um, what you're liking about the show so far, um, any support that you give us really helps this podcast get off the ground um, and keep getting renewed season after season so we can bring on you know, incredible guests like her. So stay tuned and we'll catch you on the other end of the break. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In Mark's work with high performers and business owners, it is becoming increasingly clear to him that their biggest obstacle to success is themselves. They are experts in their field, but are dragged down by their anxiety, poor time management, inability to focus, or self-sabotage. His role is to help you overcome these emotional and organizational issues so that you can truly excel in your business and your personal life. One of the most common hurdles that he sees is perfectionism, a crippling anxiety around performance. It's a fear of not being good enough, being publicly embarrassed, or of disappointing others. These fears paralyze brilliant people and bring them to their knees. This course will help you to break free from this mental prison and have more agency in your world. In this online course, we will break down the prison of perfectionism so that you can break out of it. For more information and to sign up, visit mark-azulay.teachable.com. That's mark, M-A-R-C-Azulay-A-Z-O-U-L-A-Y.teachable.com. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. Listening to From the Ashes with Mark Azoulay. To reach the show today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to podcast at mark azoulay.com. Now, back to From the Ashes. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mark Azoulay, and if you've been tuning in and you're inspired by Leslie's story of coming from, like I said, the lowest rock bottom that we've had, I think, on the show, to a place of healing, spiritual connection, and giving, really, trying to give this message out to people, I would love to hear from you, Leslie, what someone can do to start to ignite that spark within them, to start to tap into their own body's innate healing, to start to listen to what their body needs. Um you know, maybe they're not in a situation like you were. It sounds like very few people were, but I can imagine what you learned can be helpful for almost anybody. Okay. That spark. So, you know, when we are a fetus in the womb, there's something called life force, and it really is a spark. It's really a scientific uh, fact. So we really do have this life force inside of us. How do we reconnect with it when we feel so dark inside? We picture there is a spark somewhere and we start to internalize using, you know, our imagination. Imagination is a major key for healing. And we start to imagine in the darkness of our thoughts or our bodies, a simple spark. And we start to grow that spark, grow it up, grow it down, grow it one direction and another until it starts to illuminate something else within us because none of us deserve to live within the prison that trauma creates. And it does create a prison. 
we become, our bodies change, our brains change. That's our hardware and our software. And we've got to change the hardware, our bodies, if we're going to apply what we learn. That's why so many people fail in recovery because you learn so much, right? But if your bot, if your hardware is outdated, it can't, it can't use the software. It's like if you have a 20-year-old iPad and you're trying to run some new program on it and it doesn't work and you're like, well, why doesn't this work? Well, it's because the software is outdated. We have to update our software, right? We have to. The way that we do that is by creating through that spark. We have to learn how to create safety, love, and connection for ourselves within ourselves. And you know, one simple way to even try this at home is, you know, we start to create that actually through the spinal cord. So this innate intelligence that we have, it's developed way before the first spoken word. It's developed in the womb way before we have the ability to think. But our bodies have this intelligence and our body learns trust and safety and connection through the spinal cord connecting to the side of the womb, okay? So we can recreate that. And this is um, all um, been, been studied by a doctor named Dr. Eileen LaPierre, who I've worked with, by um, you could making a nurture nest. Uh, you you can lie in bed, you take a heating pad, you put it along your spine, you put some pillows. If you don't have another person, if you don't have a husband or a boyfriend or a child or a friend who will lie with you, you can recreate that for yourself. You put pillows behind that heating pad. You could put a heating pad also behind your neck. You're going to give your body the feeling of safety. And when you're there with that heating pad and that pressure behind you, your body will begin to recognize the feeling of safety and it starts to change itself. And the safer our bodies feel, then we can change the neurobiology, you know, we can change the chemicals that our body is producing, and we can start to turn on all the healing chemicals that bring us back to life. When we're nervous, when we're angry, when we're resentful, when we're grieving, when we think everything, we're doomed, we're creating chemicals that, that, that injure us, that, that take us further away from where we truly want to be. So we've got to start with our body. That's the key. And I call this somatic reinvention because what we're really doing is we are creating new neural pathways to replace the ones that have been altered by trauma. And that's an in, uh, that is a reinvention of the bodies that we are. And once our bodies can recognize again what safety and connection and support and love is, then suddenly we can connect that intelligence with everything that we've learned because intelligence forms a loop. We used to think we thought from the mind down. You know, that's what science told us for many, many years, but it's not true. Now we, science tells us that we think from the mind down and from this innate intelligence, this inner know-how up in a loop. And we've got to connect both of those kinds of intelligence together in order to truly heal and, and thrive in life to create that unlimited possibility. I think there really is something to that. You know, the psychoanalytic world, which I'm a part of, would call that pre-verbal experience and pre-verbal trauma, right? It's how do you heal something that had before you could talk? How could you heal something that you don't have words for? And That's the body and somatic is, is really is the way to do it. You know, I think you're spot on, you know, with all that recovery talk, I've been guilty of it, of thinking I had figured everything out, right? I could do everything through my mind. If I thought or felt a different way, everything would be fine. But it's like, no, I need to actually, you know, get into shape, get coordinated, heal the body, heal the trauma that's in there, you know, do yoga, do personal training, do physical therapy, whatever it takes. I found, and it sounds like you experienced an extreme version, but the people that are the most traumatized are incredibly stiff and tight and you know uncoordinated clumsy there is this really wild correlation between constriction and i mean constriction both mentally and physically well, yeah, because what happens when we're traumatized is we, we have sensors in our body, just like the ones like if you're walking and the lights go on, right? We have millions of sensors in our body. And when we're every time we experience a trauma, some of those sensors turn off. So what happens? We become uncoordinated. We become stiff. We become smaller. We, you know, we, we just become lesser and lesser of the person that we used to be, right? We are an instrument, Mark. We're an instrument and we get to choose the tune that our instrument plays. And if we can, tap into the rhythm 
that is already within us orchestrating our life, which is something I was able to do and integrate that with our with an improved growth mindset, skill set and action set and a sustainability practice, then we can change our own tune. We have the ability to change everything. This is the modern world of healing and it's available to anybody. It's available to anybody and I can teach people how to go through it because I've been through it myself. I have been through it myself and I know every every mountain, every valley, every problem and how to solve it. And that's what I love doing. That's what makes my instrument truly sing. You know, I get so interested from your perspective. What do you think brings people down? Right? Because it feels like there is like a gravitational pull to you know, overeat, right? Or not exercise or have a sedentary lifestyle, watch TV all day, you know, or not have a spiritual connection or not build pro-social relationships. Like, it seems like we have to work to unwind, but it sounds like, it feels like there's like a gravitational pull to, like you said, to, to shrivel or to become smaller or to kind of right. turn inward. What, what do you think that's about? Okay. So I'll tell you what I think that's about. When we are traumatized, we, we go from living from a, through a lens of love to a lens of fear. When we are living in fear, we begin having horrific negative self-talk, haunting, punishing. That haunting, punishing self-talk is what causes us to self-sabotage. It's what causes us to overeat, right? It's what causes us to do all the things that we really don't want to be doing to ourselves, but we can't stop. We get addicted to it. And because it's so painful, then what do we do? We, we, we watch TV. We, we get addicted to things, gaming, television, computers, whatever it is, just to get rid of the self-talk. So it's this downward spiral of going from living from love to fear, fear to, to, you know, really negative self punishing talk, which leads to self-sabotaging action, which leads to give me an escape from this painful place I'm in. And, and you just keep going down and down and down on this spiral until you learn how to turn it all around. Yeah, I, th I think that's right. I think that's right. I get, I guess where my mind is, is, you know, for a culture that is so focused on happiness, right? Like America optimizes for happiness in some ways, maybe optimizes for pleasure, so many people are afraid, right? Oh, yeah. I, so many people are afraid. And that is just mind boggling and just tragic in so many ways. That fear is so pervasive. Oh, yeah. And let's everybody, about, you know, and that pleasure, you know, we think we're pleasuring ourselves when we're eating that bag of potato chips because it feels it's that immediate gratification, right? But that's not really pleasure. Is it <laughs> not when it causes diabetes, obesity, right? Heart disease It's really not pleasure. So really it's about how do we change our perspective and our perception of what pleasure is. Pleasure isn't just being entertained. Pleasure is self-care. Pleasure is making yourself feel good. And so many of the things that we consider to be pleasurable don't make us feel good. Shopping, yeah, we love to do it. It feels great, right? Up until we have maxed out all our credit cards, that doesn't make us feel good. You know, so play that video a little bit further along and see where is it you really want to end up. We've got to redefine as a people, as a species, what pleasure is. Right. I agree completely, right? It's this idea, you know, I get really, <laughs> I get really, uh, what's it freaked out of people that identify as hedonist or that identify as kind of that short term only. And I think we do have a very hedonistic culture of just like excess indulgence, you know, drugs, potato chips, TV, video games, whatever it is. Right? There's a sense of like, get the dopamine flowing as much as possible. And who cares about the outcome? Who cares about the end? And I agree completely. I think real pleasure comes from, like you said, feeling strong, coordinated, being really deeply connected with people, moving slow, right? Having a spiritual practice, but it feels so different than I think what we've been conditioned to associate with happiness or, or with joy. Right. And that, and that who cares what happens next, this feels so good is really us abandoning ourselves. We are abandoning ourselves when we do that which I think is an amazing thing. And one other thing that's important to uh, note is that, you know, traumatized fe people, we can feel like we're so powerless. We really, I was there. I know I felt so powerless, but we're really very powerful. Look what we have gone through and we're still living and breathing. Right. But we get addicted to that feeling of powerlessness, you know, and it, what is that feeling? It's sadness, it's grief, it's guilt, it's shame, it's remorse, it's fear, it's resentment. It's, then it becomes hate, it becomes blame, it becomes anger. And then we get a rush out of that. 
So we want to feel the rush and we think, oh, well, as long as I stay angry, you know, I'll have the power, you know, to do what I need to do. Um, it, that's why it's so hard to give those things up because in some way we feel that is what's making us powerful. But the truth is, is that it just keeps us stuck and stalled on that hamster wheel of suffering and self-destruction that we were just talking about. It takes so much energy to feel those things. And when we give them up, then we're allowed to be fluid. And it takes so much less energy to be fluid. You know, it takes so much less energy to, to control everything, to, to not control everything. You know, so if we can go from feeling like we've got to control everything to be safe, no, let's be fluid and see what happens. Then that's when we truly find our power. It's in yeah. our fluidity. I mean, that's, that's a great takeaway. That's a fantastic, I think, message for people to hear. It makes me think one of my uh, Buddhist teachers, Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche, said that the hardest, the absolute hardest emotional state to break is righteous indignation. Yeah. And that is everywhere today. And that's what I think about when you laid out that pathway. So, exactly. Leslie, thank you for being on the show. We're near the end. Can you let people know if they want to learn more about you, about what you offer, where can they find you out there? Oh my God, absolutely. So my business is called EvolveBeyondTrauma.com. You can reach me there. You can send me a message. I have three really great programs. One is Somatic Reinvention. It's an eight-week program. I can show you exactly what to do to be able to reconnect your body in the same way I did that Gary Weber taught me along with others. Um, I have a, you know, an Evolve Inner Circle group that's just, hey, let's have a conversation about all this stuff. And then for those people who who do the somatic reinvention, they can move on to um, conquer your trauma, master your life, which is creating that growth mindset, skill set, action set, and sustainability set with me holding your hand all along the way. Great. Thank you for being on the show. We'll hopefully have you on a future episode. And thank you, listener, for tuning in, sticking with us, and love to hear what you think. Thank you for joining host Mark Azoulay on From the Ashes. Be sure to tune in again live next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Meet triumph and defeat and treat those two imposters the same. <laughs>